0: Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Continuum, a podcast that gets into the nitty-gritty in the world of money. I'm David Rath, Chief Investment Officer at Continuum Wealth Advisors, here to remind you that when it comes to your money, very few issues are black and white. Most things exist on a continuum. Hello and welcome to our podcast on the
1: continuum. My name is J.T. Cox, Senior Vice President of Continuum Wealth Advisors, and I'm your host. Joining me is my co-host, David Rath. David is the Chief Investment Officer of Continuum Wealth. In this episode, David and I will be discussing a specific financial planning strategy called Pension Max. Pension Max is a strategy that individuals with access to a pension may consider. In this episode, we will discuss the strategy along with some scenarios where the strategy may make sense and some scenarios where the strategy may not make sense. So let's dive in. To start, David, we work with individuals who have access to a pension, and I, I think you share my belief that the choice they make is critical when it comes to their success of their retirement.
0: It, it absolutely is. It's probably the biggest financial decision that someone will have to make in their life. I Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't think of a bigger one because it is an irrevocable decision and it will not only impact them but it will also impact their spouse or somebody who is being named as their beneficiary.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, you you said the word irrevocable and that and that's the key. Once you make this decision as far as the pension option that you choose, it's done. It's set and there's no going back and saying a couple of years later, "Hey, can I update that or can I change that?" So, this is a really important topic, and anytime we meet with someone who has access to a pension, we're going to spend a lot of time going over the different options and the selection options and really diving into what makes the most sense for them in their particular scenario. Now, this is always going to be an individual case-by-case basis. There's no one right answer for everyone out there, as, with, as the case is with most financial planning decisions, but I think this one especially is more important than ever. So regarding pensions, I know we want to discuss a specific topic today called Pension Max, which is a specific financial planning strategy. So David, on a high level, do you just want to provide an overview of what Pension Max is for folks?
0: So to start, let's discuss what your options are when you are deciding your pension option that is offered to you by your employer. You typically have the option to pay you out for a single life annuity, which is just based on your life. Basically, that says that you will receive payments until the day that you die. If you're married, you can choose to insure your spouse at a certain level, usually from 50 to 100% of your income from the pension getting replaced. And based on the decision that you make there, your benefit will get reduced during your lifetime. The more that you choose to insure, the more that your benefit will get reduced. Pension max is a strategy where you are combining your pension decision with the with with a third party insurance product whether it be a term product or a permanent insurance product but it's based on your life and your beneficiary rather than getting payments from the pension they would get an an insurance payout if you passed away before them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and so that was perfect. And so let's use an example You know, Because I think sometimes when we talk about examples, um, it's a little bit easier to understand. So I'll use my own personal scenario. So I'm married. My wife is a teacher. She is going to have access to a pension when she retires. I I don't have access to a pension. So when she retires, she's going to have a choice. She can choose to receive what, as you would call the single life payout, which is only going to pay her through her lifetime. And that's the largest monthly benefit that she's going to receive because they're only paying her for her lifetime. Um, and if she passes away, there's no benefit that's going on to me, uh, the spouse, or she can choose to protect the spouse, me in this case, um, with either a percentage of the payout. And that could be 100% joint and survivor. It could be 50%. And I've also seen 25 and 75% as well. So let's say, for example, my wife, and I'm just going to make up some numbers here. Let's say she gets to a point where when she retires, she has the option. She's looking at these pension selection options, and she could take a single life annuity, and it would pay her $4,000 a month for her life. She would also have the ability to take a reduced option that would provide me 100% of the benefit. And I'm just going to use simple numbers here. I'm going to say it would pay pay her $3,000 a month that would pay for her life and if she predeceases me I would continue to receive that three thousand dollars a month. So as you can see that's a major selection and that and that's a major decision point there because if she took the single life option and passed away prematurely and I still had a 20 year time horizon and I lost that pension that's a lot of money to try and make up right so that pension option is critical the choice that you make and And that's why some folks have looked at different strategies around that to say, "Oh, you know, giving up a thousand dollars a month that's that's a lot to give up in the example that I just gave. Is there something else that we can do um to provide for that?" And that's where that insurance option comes in, as you mentioned, where in this scenario, again, I'm just discussing my wife here and myself, we would purchase insurance on my wife, so if she passed away she would take the higher benefit, the $4,000 a month, use a portion of that $1,000 to purchase insurance for her. If she passes away, I would receive the death benefit. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And the introduction of an insurance policy into this scenario is typically done from somebody who gets compensated for selling that insurance product. It's not to say they're bad. It's just that they are compensated for the purchase of these products, and that's why you have to view this from an objective standpoint. And so what are the main factors that you're looking for when comparing? Do you use the joint and survivor option from the pension, or do you purchase an insurance policy to replicate that? The biggest one in your example is $1,000 a month reduction in the benefit for that pension participant, can you find an insurance policy for less than $1,000 a month that's going to replace the present value of all potential cash flows for that pension throughout the survivor's life?
1: Right. So if you think about that, if my wife retires at at 55 because a teacher, she might have the ability to do that. If she passes away, God forbid, at, at 58, that's a long time horizon that I would then have, and I have to come up with a, a really significant amount of mo- dollars to replicate that money that's being lost. Right Now, if she lives to the age of 100, then obviously the need is, is not gonna be great. So there's a little bit of, you're making a wager there, you're making a bet as far as, you know how long do you think that participant's gonna live? How long do you think the spouse is gonna live? So you do wanna look at a couple factors there. Is there an age discrepancy? Is one spouse older or significantly older or significantly younger than the other? That might be uh, something that you're going to want to look at. Health factors come into play. Things like family history. I've got folks who I've spoken to that said not in great health. I don't have a lot of, um, you know, my my family history is not great as far as life expectancy goes, you know. And if that's the individual who has access to the pension, chances are I want to have that spouse protected with the joint survivor option because I want to make sure that that spouse is protected because they might have a longer life expectancy. And again, you can never predict these things. You never know, but you at least want to use as much information as you have when you try and project this out.
0: You want to know all your options going in and Mm -hmm. you want to know all the pros and cons. And we're going to go over what those pros and cons are of this particular strategy and Deciding based on all of those factors, does this make sense? Now we talked about what that premium would have to be in order for it to make fi- sense financially. The second aspect of it is what type of policy are you going to use to replicate that cash flow throughout your retirement years? And in order for this to truly work, usually a permanent insurance policy like a whole life or a universal life is going to have to be used mm-hmm. because the the chances that like let's say in your case a 30-year term policy purchased on your wife when she's 55 if she passes away on the day of her 86th birthday yep. you now are left out in the cold with no income and right. there you could live an extra 15 maybe 20 years of being not supported from the the, the benefit that you would have had if you uh, if she had selected the other option
1: yeah i i think that's critical and when you get into permanent life insurance whether it's a universal or a whole life um you know the cost of that is going to be higher because you're insuring someone for their entire life so you really want to weigh what is that cost for the insurance and and does can you come up with the cost by using that difference that $1000 a month is that going to purchase enough death benefit to replace the dollars lost now one strategy that you Brought up with me that I, that I found intriguing is kind of layering on different insurance policies, maybe saying, okay, in in our scenario here, if something happened to my wife at age eighty six, maybe my need for income is not as great because I don't have that long of a runway. So I still need some insurance, but I don't need the full maximum amount that I would need if something were to happen to her at age sixty where I'd have maybe a thirty year time horizon. You know, that's where you might layer on. A term policy and a more permanent policy. Again, we're adding complexity to this, but but that's that's what you're going to be doing if you're looking at a scenario in this in this case. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, because the biggest insurance need is going to be on day one of mm-hmm. that pension kicking into going going into place, yep. and as you as you get older, the insurance need goes down. When a Permanent insurance policy, like a whole life or a universal life, typically their lowest value is on day one, so it's a mismatch of insurance need and potential payout. Yeah. Whereas if you add maybe a, a cheaper term policy on on top of the the beginning par- portion of that, and then maybe a, a lower face amount permanent policy that will pay you out for those remaining years, that could be an option as well. But it's all going to come down to cost. Uh, and so, if you're deciding this at age sixty or age sixty five, your premiums are going to be pretty expensive because you're going to be older. You're going to be in pr- probably worse health, and it's going to be harder to get that insurance policy for a reasonable pr- reasonable price,
1: yeah, that that's a major determining factor. You know, we talked about a couple factors to look at age discrepancy. The health of the participant is a huge one are you in good health? If you applied for insurance, when you do apply for insurance, what happens is you get rated. You get rated either a preferred, I think they're super preferred if you're better than that, standard, substandard, and uninsurable. And and maybe there's another level there. But depending on where you fall in that rating, that's going to impact the amount of premium you'd have to pay to get the same death benefit. Or if your premium is the same, it would reduce your death benefit. So you're, how insurable you are basically your health and 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 what type of shape you're in at that point when you apply for the insurance is going to be a major factor in this for a lot of folks if you're working till 70 years old and then you're applying for it you might get to a point where the insurance is just too expensive for to try and make up that difference um so one strategy that you've brought up with me in the past that I thought was interesting was maybe trying to lock in a rating when you're younger in better health And maybe you can lock in those lower premiums.
0: So in your case, in your wife's case, she's relatively young and she has a few years left before she's going to need to make that decision. Get rated for an insurance policy. Put something into place now. Plan ahead so that when the time comes, you're not scrambling to try to figure out whether you can get insured and what that policy is going to cost. Because 15, 20 years down the road, it's going to be much more expensive than it is now.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I and I think again I love that idea of planning ahead, and this all comes down to looking at. There's there's a couple different things that that come into play here. One is the numbers, right? And if you're looking for folks to to go through the numbers with you, that's what David, myself, that's what we do. We we look at okay, what's you mentioned the present value calculation in order to replace this much pension? What's it going to be? And the numbers are going to be a major factor in this. And so if this is something that you're ever considering, you can request illustrations from an insurance company that's going to give you an idea of what the premiums might be. You can even apply for insurance. When you apply for insurance, they're going to come back to you and say, these are what the actual costs are going to be. And then once you apply for that insurance, after you receive that cost, that's when you can make the decision. Yes, I want to do it. No, I do not want to do it. Or yes, I want to do it before a lesser amount. You can't, you can't apply and then say, yes, I want to do it, but I'm going to do it more because now you'd have to go th- reapply and go through the application process again. So again, you do have that choice, but I think being armed with the numbers is going to be very valuable in that instance.
0: For sure. You want to make sure that you've done your homework before entering into any sort of obligation or, or contract like this.
1: Yeah. So some other factors at play here, in addition to just the numbers itself are... You know, I mentioned my own personal scenario where I don't have access to a pension. My wife does. There might be a different scenario where each individual has access to a pension. In that case, there's going to be some different planning strategies because now if one spouse passes away, there's still a a baseline of income that that surviving spouse is going to receive. Maybe they feel comfortable at that level plus the social security. So maybe the need to replace that lost pension isn't quite as great. You know, that's going to be a factor. So what income sources do these individuals individuals have in retirement, right? Um, some other factors to consider. I think this is a big one. What is someone's comfort level, you know, in retirement? Do they want simplicity or do they want complexity? Because simplicity, in my Opinion would be taking the amount of money that's just going to continue throughout that surviving spouse's lifetime. I'm getting $3,000 a month now. And no matter what happens, if one of the two of us is alive, we're going to continue to receive $3,000 a month. No one has to think about trying to replace that in the future with some present value, right? If you elect to do the pension max, Yes, that surviving spouse gets a lump sum. That lump sum can hopefully replace the money, but guess what they have to do? They have to manage that money now. They have to come up with a distribution plan. And as you know, that's not necessarily uh, simple.
0: It's not. And if you're in that situation, that's what firms like us, that's what we do. We help Mm -hmm. people invest to make sure that they're not running out of money. If they were to come into a, a large sum of money from the passing of a spouse, you don't want to go out. You, you don't want to do it on your own. It's not something that you want to spend your retirement years thinking about. So that's where we come into play. And we can help anybody out that is in that situation that maybe received some inheritance or a replacement of income from a spouse that passed away, eliminating that complexity by bringing an outside professional.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's going to be critical for anybody who makes that decision, especially when you think about... When are these dollars probably going to be passed on? If you go by average life expectancy, it's 80s, right? Somebody's going to pass away in their 80s. So they're going to receive those dollars. Their surviving spouse is probably going to be in their 80s when they receive those dollars. Are they going to be in a position where they want to sit down and choose investments and come up with a distribution strategy? Probably not. So that's probably where you would want to rely on some outside help in order to help facilitate that. What are some other factors, David, that you think? Folks should consider. Um, you know, if they're looking at pension, they've heard about pension max. What else should they be thinking
0: about? We've talked a lot about the cons so far. Maybe we flip it on the other side and look at some of the positives. Yep. We talked about maybe the potential of planning ahead and getting insured early on in your life if you know that you're going to be facing this decision, because it can make sense. It absolutely can make sense. I just don't like when it's forced onto a situation because you're making that decision at that moment because financially it probably won't based on the cost of the premiums. Yeah. but if you have a desire to maybe leave a legacy to a charity or to heirs, an insurance policy would make sense. So you take the higher benefit in your in your from your pension. you use that extra money to purchase a life insurance policy. maybe you're charitably inclined. Maybe you have a, a large amount of kids that you want to pass money along to because they can't be, they can't receive that pension benefit. So if you and your wife are well off and you want to pass money to anybody or any institution, you can use insurance to accomplish that goal.
1: Yeah. Insurance is a great wealth transfer tool. And that's something we can dive into in future episodes because it is it's tax free to the to the beneficiaries. Um you can put it into a trust and there's a lot of different things you can do with that. So I I think legacy is probably the biggest reason to look at something like this, because when it comes to a pension, like you said, your kids can't get access to a pension. If you purchase a life insurance policy, they are going to get access to that. And so, you know, let's say an example of husband and wife, they both work for the state. They both have access to pensions. If one of the pension goes away, they still feel pretty comfortable, the remaining spouse, that they can cover their bills, then that life insurance is a great vehicle to pass money on to the children if that's their desire or a charity or you know any other place that they desire. I, I think that's probably one of the biggest pros um, in doing this uh, is, is order to do that. The other pro is, again, it does allow you to take the higher Cash flow amount, monthly cash flow, and hopefully you're not using the entire difference to pay for insurance. So, hopefully, you are getting some additional cash flow by choosing the higher one, correct?
0: Yeah. And if you're buying a permanent policy, there is usually the option to access the cash value of that policy mm-hmm. throughout the time that you are accumulating value there. So, you are, it's not like a term policy where you're just going to be hopefully never using it. You know, hopefully, you and your spouse pass away on the same day but there is going to be an option to access that cash value while you're accumulating value, while you're paying those premiums into the policy.
1: Yeah. So again, it's 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 a strategy and there's different factors at play externally too. So we talked about some internal factors and we won't dive too into the weeds, but um, as far as external factors, interest rates do play a part in this because that's going to determine what type of Uh, premium will generate what type of death benefit. So there's some external factors at play that higher interest rate environments tend to make this more attractive.
0: Would you say that's accurate? I'll even throw another I word at you, inflation, Mm -hmm. because if you are receiving the steady stream of income from a pension payment and inflation is, as we've seen, is unpredictable, it can come from anywhere at any time. And the value of those pension payments is going to decrease substantially if we're in a high inflation environment. If you get a payout from an insurance policy, there's going to be the option for you to invest that money, combat inflation with those investments. So it gives you some more flexibility along those lines.
1: Inflation is such an important factor. And and so oftentimes it's overlooked when it comes to retirement planning, because it's it's the slow killer, right? It's the thing that's going to get you by a thousand paper cuts over time and you don't it's hard for people to think in terms of 30 year increments and what what the cost of things is going to be in 30 years so a $4000 a month pension right now sounds like a lot of money and maybe it's plenty now 20 30 years from now is it going to be probably not And, you know, it's hard to do this, but sometimes we have to look backwards and say, well, what was the environment 30 years ago, you know, in the early 90s? And you think about the difference in cost of a car, a house, you know, any of these things, even going to the movies, right? Little examples. Uh, Inflation has really significantly um, increased over that time. And therefore, the buying power of that flat level pension is not the same as it was. So this is, again, a potential hedge for that. Option.
0: Yeah. And we saw recently that inflation can go from very tame to somewhat out of control in the span of a couple months. And so yeah. you never know what the future holds. And all of this would be incredibly easy to do if we knew exactly what the next 40 years were going to be like, if we knew how long you're going to live, how long your spouse is going to live. But unfortunately, we don't know that information. So we have to work with what's available and we have to plan. For different scenarios and get your feedback on what you think and what you want to account for.
1: I think that's the most important thing is understanding. All right, client, talk to me about your comfort level with this. You know, if this were to happen, how would you feel? If this were to happen, how would you feel? And it's not coming up with, it's not predicting the exact right answer right now because, as you said, we can't do that, but it's making sure we figure out which scenario you feel most comfortable with. And then we, design a plan around that. And, and I think that's going to be the most important thing. So if folks want to sit down, if folks have this decision that they're going to need to make and they want to sit down and, and go over some options with folks, what's the best way to get in touch with them if they want to do that, Dave?
0: The easiest way to check us out is on our website is uh, contwealth.com at C O N T wealth.com. We will include that link as along with others in the in the description for for this video and the podcast. And you could always give us a call the old-fashioned way, 518-583-4050. Absolutely. So we, we've covered
1: a lot of information here. David, you want to just wrap it up here with a high-level summary of kind of what we've discussed?
0: I'd say the highest level is to start as early as possible to think yep. about this. You don't want to do this in the at the 11th hour. So make sure that you're getting all of your ducks in a row. It can't hurt to have a conversation with somebody just to start things off even if you're five ten years away as we mentioned that's usually a good time to start thinking about it if it is at the last minute walking through what those pension options look like walking through the reduction in benefit for your life what the spouse would get paid out during their lives and other factors that we've talked about during this during this podcast today
1: absolutely and to that end i will say a lot of uh places that have access to a pension, you can request estimates for the future. So you can can call into the um, New York State Retirement or whatever company you're working with that has access to a pension, and you can request what would happen if I were to retire in four years, what would my options be? And they can give you some semblance of an idea of what that might be. And sometimes looking at those numbers for the first time, you see what the difference is, and maybe you sit down with your spouse and you start to have some of these conversations. And again, if you want access to a third-party, unbiased opinion, um, we are happy to provide that. And and David talked about how to get in touch with us, so I do encourage you, if you do have questions, please feel free to reach out. That's what we do when we help people. Any final thoughts, David, or anything you want to make sure that that you think we missed?
0: No, I think we covered everything.
1: Good. Well, With that, thank you so much for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. Um, There is a comment section, as David mentioned. We do personally uh, address those comments. So if you have any comments, please feel free to leave those. Any questions, please feel free to uh, leave those there. If you have a topic that you'd like us to cover in the future, again, two ways you can do that in the comment section or on our website at www.contwell.com. You can click the contact us button and just say, hey, can you please cover this topic in the future? I'd like to learn more about it. With that, thank you so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed. Take care. Please note the information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Nothing discussed constitutes a recommendation. If you would like a review of your personal financial situation, please contact us at contwealth.com or call 518-583-4050.